I'd like to welcome you this morning to this service. Know that God will bless you. A very special welcome to our Television Sydney TV viewers. We're glad you're here and we know that you'll be blessed too as you share with us in this Bible study. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our Saviour, to be with us. Dear Father in heaven, our God, Jesus Christ, we come before you this morning praying for a blessing. As we look at this very important, and yes, Lord, for some it is a challenging subject, we want to pray that you will be here, that you'll talk through me, your servant, and that you'll talk to those in the church, and especially, I pray, Lord, for those who are listening on television. If this program, if this Bible study be the truth, then convict us with it now, we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. I remember several years ago going up to southern Queensland to the little town of Landsborough as a pastor to bury my grandmother. It was one of the saddest days of my life. My grandmother, believe it or not, lived to almost 101 years of age. She died a very, very old woman. And yet at the funeral, as I spoke about the hope of Jesus' return, as we reflected on her life and what a good life it was. It was a full life. It was a, a rich life. She gave her heart to Jesus at 10 years of age. She walked with Jesus her entire life. An amazing experience this woman had with Jesus Christ. And yet the amazing thing is she lived almost to 101 years of age. As we reflected on her life, there were tears there was genuine, there was real sadness. Even though she lived 101 years of age, I couldn't help as I came toward the end of the service in a packed church, I couldn't help but have a few tears slip down my cheeks as I started to think of what my life would be without my grandmother, someone who had been with me for almost the 40 years of my, of my life. Death is something that hurts. When you lose someone precious to you in death, you know how much it hurts. And the great thing about the Bible and the great thing about Jesus is they both give us the answer to death. And I want to look at a story today in the Bible. It's one of the most exciting stories in all the Bible. And as we look at this story, I pray and I hope that as we look at it, as we study it, you will, will come to the, the conviction that Jesus is the key, not only to ending death, but to resurrection for the dead. And if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open to John, John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, we come across a story. It's not a story that's looked at all that often in Bible study. But it's one of the most powerful stories in all the Bible when it comes to death and what Jesus is going to do with death. John chapter 11, and we're going to start in the first verse. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Now if you search through the Bible, you're going to find that this man Lazarus is only mentioned twice. He's only mentioned twice in the Bible. More than that, though, from the brief description in the Bible that we do have of Lazarus, we know that he was a friend. He was a friend of Jesus. John chapter 11 verse 1 tells us that Lazarus, Lazarus was sick. He wasn't just sick. In fact, as we read further into the story, 
we find that Lazarus was very, very sick. Now, I'm not sure about you, but sickness, especially when it's afflicting people I love, scares me. I have a little daughter, nine years old, Hannah. Amazing little girl, not that I'm half biased. Brought much joy to my life. But almost since the beginning of her life, she's been afflicted by a sickness called croup. And when she gets croup, what happens is her, her airways block up. She can't breathe. Her face starts to turn colour. I want to tell you that as a father, when my daughter gets croup, it is a very, very frightening experience. I don't like it. It scares me. It scares me because I'm, I'm afraid that perhaps I might lose my precious daughter than I, and I love her more than my life itself. Lazarus was sick. He was very very sick. Verse 3 tells us that Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus. And this is what they said. Lord, the one you love is sick. Lord, the one you love, Lazarus, your best friend, one of your friends is sick. Why did they send word to Jesus? Because they knew that Jesus, if he chose to, could heal Lazarus from his sickness. And you know what? When you're in trouble, there's no better place to go than Jesus Christ. And if you're in this church tonight and you're sick, or you're watching this on television and you're sick, perhaps you're facing a life-threatening sickness, there is no better place to go than to get on your knees and talk to Jesus about it. Jesus helps people through sickness. Jesus helps people through deep, deep trouble. Jesus is a place you should be if you are sick, if you are not well, if you are being challenged by your health. Jesus is the place, he is the person you should be talking to. He's a person whose feet you should be at because Jesus can help. And Mary and Martha, they knew that Jesus could help. They knew that Jesus could fix Lazarus, could heal Lazarus if he chose. And if Jesus could heal Lazarus, make no mistake, Jesus can heal you. I remember in our church here, at Warunga, about 18 months ago, we had a lady come to us. I'll call her Julie. She was very sick. In fact, she had breast cancer, and it wasn't just breast cancer. It was a very aggressive form of breast cancer. She said, Pastor, can you help? And so I followed the biblical model. I gathered the elders, the leaders of the church together. We gathered around her sick bed. We prayed. We asked the Lord to heal her, and we anointed her with oil. To go to Jesus when you are sick is the right place to be. John chapter 11, verse 4 says, When Jesus heard this, he said to his disciples, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This is a key text. Jesus said, This sickness that Lazarus has, will not end in death. What a beautiful promise. If you had cancer, or you had some debilitating sickness, if you were facing death, don't you think it would be a beautiful thing to have the assurance of Jesus saying, hey, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, you can be sure this sickness will not end in death. We follow the story further by going to verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse 6, Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, and this is strange, he stayed where he was for two more days. 
Jesus stayed where he was for more than two days, and that's extraordinary. Lazarus was sick. Jesus had the ability to heal him, and yet he stayed where he was for two days. I find that extraordinary, incredible. You would have thought Jesus, when he heard Lazarus was sick, would have rushed straight back to Bethany to heal him. But no, he stayed where he was for two days. There's a lesson in that for us. You know, I think too many of us think of God as Father Christmas, who gives presents immediately, or a McDonald's, a McDonald's God. You know what a McDonald's God is? He's a God you can go and order and something from, and he'll do it straight away exactly how you want it done. He doesn't make you wait. But you know, that's not the reality of God. He does things in his time, in his way. He goes and he comes when he is ready. He's, he, he is a God who, who decides himself how he will do things. And Jesus waited for two days, for two long days. You would have thought he would have went straight away. I would have. But I'm not God. Jesus is God. And there is a reason why he waited back then. And there is a reason why sometimes when you pray to him, you don't get an immediate answer. You just got to hold on to him in faith. You got to believe. I believe. If you pray, Jesus will hear you. If you ask for help, he hears. Relax. Relax. He's heard you. The God of the heavens who hangs the world in space, he's heard you. He governs the tides. He, he causes the sun, he causes the moon to rotate on their axis for the world to spin. He holds it in space. This is our God. And if he can do these mighty things, when you call upon him, he can hear you. And he's got your case under control. Relax. Believe. Exercise your faith. He is not a fast food McDonald's God. I'll say it again. He does things how he wants in his way and importantly in his, in his time. John chapter 11. After he said that he would return to Bethany, he went to his disciples and he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. Jesus said, and this is a crucial text, that, that Lazarus, that Lazarus had fallen asleep. And Jesus says, I'm going, I'm going to wake him up. Now look what his disciples say in verse 12. His disciples said, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Now I'm no doctor, I'm no medical expert. You know, my little girl, Hannah, when she's got croup, well, I have to take her outside onto the veranda and let her breathe. I don't know what it is, but when she's breathing cold night air, her, 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 her throat opens up and she's able to breathe and she settles down and the colour comes back to her face. And then I'll pick her up and she's a big girl, a nine-year-old girl, but I'm a bigger boy. And I pick my girl up and I hug her and I'm relieved and I'm thanking the Lord. Yeah, I pray to the Lord when Hannah's got croup. It scares me that much. Especially when mum's not home. Mum's a nurse. When mum's not home, dad's not a nurse. He's not a doctor. He's in trouble. It's God and it's dad. And if I've got a mobile phone, mum on the end of the mobile phone. But when, when Hannah starts to breathe again, I pick her up. I take her back to her bed. I lie her down. I put the blankets on her. And then I will sit next to her 5, 10, 20 minutes, as long as it takes, until I hear her sleeping, the gentle sound of her breathing. And I know she is okay. She's better. Now, Jesus said to his disciples, Lazarus sleeps. And they say, yeah, well, great, Lord. If he sleeps, there's no rush back. He's going to be okay. He's going to get better. Now, I want you to look at this. And I want the truth of this story to confront you. I know those of you who are watching this on television, this can be a tough message. But I want you to look at the Bible and I want you to see what the Bible actually has to say to you this morning. Let's look very carefully at what the Bible says in verse 14. Jesus has just said Lazarus is asleep. His disciples are saying, well, if he's asleep, 
He'll be okay. Verse 14, Jesus said to his disciples, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. Let the truth of this touch your heart this morning. Jesus equates sleep with death. Now, we're not talking about natural sleep when you go to sleep at night. But Jesus says, hey, when you die, you go to sleep. When Lazarus died, he went to sleep. And that's why Jesus said, I am going, I am going to wake him up. Now, I want to tell you that this is one of the great truths of the Scripture. It's one of the great truths of Scripture that Christianity struggles with. The truth is that when you, when you die, and the Bible says it from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22, that's the entire Bible if you don't know. The Bible says when you die, you go to sleep. There's no mention in all the Bible about going to heaven. There's no mention in all the Bible about going to hell or to a place in between. The Bible and Jesus is very clear that when you die, you go to sleep. Now, now, if you are struggling to, to keep up with me here, if this is a new message for you, if you're, you're struggling, if you're, if you're having trouble coming to grips with the truth of this, have a look at Ecclesiastes. We'll go there just for a moment, very quickly. Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, chapter 9. And this succinctly talks about death and, and what and what comes to us after death. This is what the Bible says about death. This is what the Bible says about all of our futures, because we'll all die if Jesus doesn't come. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, look at verse 5, and look at verse 6. Now follow this very carefully with me. For the living know that they will die. These are, I'm reading the Bible word for word here. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Why not? Because they're asleep. They have no further reward. And even the memory of them is forgotten. Now look at this, verse 6, can it be clearer? Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. The dead know nothing. Verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, very powerful this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the grave where you are going there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. There is nothing after the grave. You go to sleep. Lazarus was asleep. And Jesus goes to wake him up. Now look at this very carefully with me. Stay with me. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 11 about death. This is one of the most powerful verses, scriptures in all the Bible, one of the most powerful stories in all the Bible about what happens to a human being after he or she dies. Is it challenging? You bet. Is it going to confront some of your beliefs out there? It sure is, but that's what the Bible does. been challenging me and confronting me ever since Jesus came into my heart and converted me. This is not always an easy book to follow. It's not always a, an easy book to accept the truths of it. And yet what it says is true. You can rely on it because the words from this book come from the mind of God. And this is God today. This is God today through the Bible speaking to you talking about death. Look at this. Look at this. Jesus goes to Bethany where Lazarus had died. Where he's asleep. And he sees Lazarus' sisters Mary and Martha. And by the way, if you're struggling with what I'm saying today, you better get a Bible. We'll give you a Bible if you haven't got one. We'll give you one for free. We'll give you a, a new international version. 
Nothing to do with the Seventh-day Adventist church. It's the, it's the Bible that most churches use today. Commonly used Bible. We'll give you a new international version. We'll give it to you for free. You go to John chapter 11, you can read this story for yourself. You don't need a pastor, you don't need a preacher to tell you. John chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. Here's Jesus now speaking to Lazarus' sister, Martha. In fact, it's Martha speaking to Jesus. She says, Lord... Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And here's a great statement of faith. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. What a statement of faith. Hey, God, if you'd been here, Jesus, God, same person. If you'd been here, Lazarus would not have died. But Lord, I know, I know, because you're the saviour of the world. You're the high God of heaven. Come down in human form. She's saying, I know you can do whatever you want. Great statement of faith. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24, 25 and 26, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Another beautiful statement of faith. She said, I know Jesus that you will raise Lazarus at the last day. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, 24. I know he will rise again in the resurrection, verse 25. Jesus said, oh, I, these, this, is, this is one of the most explosive texts in all scripture. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me will live. Even though he dies, verse 26, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said, hey, you might have natural death. He says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. I have the keys to death. You might have natural death, but you need never die. If you believe in me, he's talking about eternal death and eternal life. Now, look at this. Verse 27, yes, Lord, Martha said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And now I want you to look at this. Verse 38 through to 44. This is important. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Yeah, there would be a bad odour. He's dead. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Something's happening here. Building. Verse 41, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. The world has never seen anything like it. And a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus, who was dead, now lives. Now look, follow this story with me for a moment as I bring this to a close. How ripped off would Lazarus be? How ripped off would he be if after he had died he had gone to heaven and then Jesus comes along? And resurrects him from heaven and brings him back to earth. If I was Lazarus, I'd feel like one of the most ripped off men in history. 
I remember when I was doing some volunteer work in Fiji, you got Tamavua on top of the mountain and you've got down the bottom of the mountain where I was living a whole lot of really squalid settlers living in little tin shacks and, and it was a very difficult life for them there. You imagine if you took them up to Tamavua to live. They go up to Tamavua on top of the hill living in luxury overlooking the ocean. And then, you, and then you say, hey, 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 don't stay there. That's no good for you. You need to come back down and live in the squalor where you first came from. That's what it would have been like for Lazarus to go back from heaven to earth. Times were tough in the days of Lazarus. It's not an easy world that he lived in. Heaven is a beautiful place. It's where you want to be. It's where you want to go. You imagine Lazarus is in heaven and Jesus resurrects him back to earth. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense because it's not what happened. Lazarus was asleep. He knew nothing. He was lying in the grave asleep in an unconscious state. And Jesus raised him back to life. And it was one of the most beautiful miracles in all the Bible. Jesus can do miracles. You know that lady, Julie, that we prayed for. She went in for an operation a week or so after we had said that prayer. And they opened her up and the surgeon said that they could see that cancer had gone through her breast. All the after effects were there, but there was not one. There was not one bit of cancer in all her body. She was totally healed. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus can do wonderful things today. One of the most beautiful things Jesus does is raise us from a dead life of sin into life. If Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead so long ago, you can be sure that when your day comes to die, you can be sure that when you go to sleep with him in your heart, that one day he'll come back. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, and he'll raise you from the dead to eternal life. He did it to Lazarus, he can do it for you. Let the truth of this Bible study sink into your heart and believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us this morning. Bless us now as we go our way. Touch our hearts with this truth. If it be truth, convict us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.